Welcome to the Echo Online Community. Echo, Echo. Echo, Echo. <laughs> so that good. Jo that joke never gets old. Never does. Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose? All in one space, it's beautiful. Do us a favor and let us know where you're watching from and comment below, press the like button or heck, any key. Always press the love button, that's a good one. <laughs> we encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Stop by at Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.15 and 10.45 on Sundays. We'd love to meet you. Thank you for your obedience to God's word with the giving of your tithe and your generosity. Deuteronomy 16, 17 says, every person shall give as he or she is able, according to the blessing of which he has given you. Has God blessed you? Would you consider blessing God back? Consider giving through Echo today through your blessing. It could further the vision of echoing Jesus in Rochester and the surrounding area. So if you're looking to give, head to our website, text any amount to 84321. Enjoy Echo Sunday service.
house of the Lord, amen. Jesus, over these next few moments, God, we simply just come to take a moment out of the start of our week. A moment to come and, and remember, a moment to come and bring praise to you, to remember what you've done for us. Maybe to reset our perspective on you this morning, God. So God, we come with hands surrendered, with our hearts surrendered, with our minds surrendered to what you may have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Let's sing it out.
Accept the cross of Jesus Christ. May I not forget the blood he shed. It is by his death I am alive. Because of Christ, I of you, Jesus, that we are here. It's because of you, Jesus, that we are alive. We just give you the praise this morning, God. I pray for every single person in this room that we can position ourselves to receive, to give you gratitude, to give you honor, to give you praise today, God. You are a God who never gives up. You are a God who fights for us, who goes after us, God, and speaks to us and carries us through every circumstance, and we give you all the praise, Jesus. In your holy and precious name, amen. (gasps) Me too! I'm super, super excited um, to be able to share with you today um, this message that uh, just means a lot to me. I just feel like this message is something that makes me tick. and, and I love it. I love, um, I love being able to be here. Um, I love being uh, the next-gen pastor here. It's something that I never, ever, ever saw myself doing. Um, but, you know, that's how the Lord works sometimes. Um, and, and, I mean, I could have never imagined, too, how um, just blessed I have been um, with, with this role. Um, and so it really is an honor for me to be here. And it's an honor um, just to serve you, to serve my amazing lead pastors, um, Andy and Christy. Like, I... Man, I would lay it all down to um, help like serve them in the vision that God has placed in their hearts because they are the real deal. Okay, um, I've grown up in church my entire life. They are the re- real deal. I promise you. Um, so I'm I'm really excited um, to dig in today. Uh, we're gonna keep talking about this concept of fighting. If you were here last week, uh, Scott and Jamie talked about uh, fighting, and you're just like, what are we fighting for? They talked about uh, fighting for your friends and family, fighting for your faith, fighting for your future. Uh, the concept that the Bible isn't necessarily. Um, we reread it to not necessarily gain knowledge, but to understand the character of God. Um, we uh, talked about just being faithful and, and honoring with what we have, like to live this one life that we get and to live it well. Um, so we're going to dig more into that today. Um, before we do, let's, let's pray, okay? God, thank you so Whatever I'm doing to make that sound, I apologize. What is it? Oh, Andy's taking his head. He doesn't have the answer. Okay, let's pray. God, uh, if you could reveal to us whatever I'm doing to make that sound um, on the microphone, that would be great. Um, But if not, you're still good. All right, Lord, thank you um, for this space. Thank you for these people. Um, God, I just pray uh, that your presence is felt today. I pray that... um, if I need to just scrap all of these words on these pages and bring these people a new message from you that I am able to do that because I just want my words to be your words that these people, that this church needs to hear right now. So God, I just, I submit myself to you. God, I pray for every single heart in this room. I pray that it is open to receive from you, that it is softened. God, I I pray for 
just to truly honor you in this space today. We thank you, Jesus. And if you agree, say amen. Nice. Okay, so what are we fighting for? I, um, I actually consider myself quite a good fighter. Uh, not at all physically, <laughs> um, though, though I am scrappy, okay? Uh, but no, more so with like how I uh, talk to people. Like I, I tend to be able to like talk myself like in and out of situations. Um, and then also I just really fight for the people I love. Like it's just so natural for me. Like if you are in my inner circle and somebody messes with you, like you better watch out, okay? Because um, I just automatically go into that fight mode. When you have that choice to fight or flight, 99.9% of the time I'm fighting, okay? Um, which I mean, it's great, but also like I have to submit my anger to the Lord daily, uh, hourly, sometimes minutely, sometimes secondly. Okay, um, and this this uh, part of me that's just natural, you know, this natural fighting side of me, um, it's been evident in my life since I was young. You can ask my parents. Um, since I was young, it's been just very clear, like this girl fights. Um, I remember being in middle school uh, and in the small town of Comanche, Iowa, our middle school started in fifth grade. Why? I have no idea, but that's what it was. Um, and so I was in, in fifth grade. I was with, you know, the same little tiny class of kids that I had, had been since kindergarten and a new boy moved to town, okay? And um, I just, man, I had some eyes for this kid, okay? He was a cool city kid from Chicago. Um, and he had this just like beautiful chocolate skin and big brown eyes. And I was just like, I like you. Um, he wrote his own raps and he rapped for me one day. And I was like, this is it. Like we are going to have a serious relationship. Um, and so, you know, like we started the fifth grade version of dating, um, where you like, you know, glance at each other from across the room and you hold hands for like, you know, 30 seconds at recess while all your friends giggle. Um, so it was pretty serious. And um, I will never forget the day that another boy in my class, um, who had been in my class since kindergarten, but we'll call him Joe, Joe Smith, not his real name, uh, just to honor who he has become as a man now. Okay, so Joe Smith, um, he had some choice words about this new boy, the new boy that had moved into town. His name was Lawan. okay, Lawan Jackson. Joe Smith had some specific words about Lawan um, that were not only unkind, but just extremely damaging and extremely um, hurtful and extremely inappropriate, okay? So we're not talking like, you know, oh, what's this big city kid think he's doing in small town Comanche? Like, no, I mean, he was like literally... I mean, just like trying to destroy Luan with his words, like degrading him, saying the N-word. I mean, just like really gross stuff, okay? And so did I go into fight or flight, <laughs> right? I went into fight. And um, so I remember seeing Joe Smith from across the playground at recess and charging towards him um, and just giving him a swift kick where it counts. And... Uh, <laughs> And he, uh, and he, you know, he's like, whoa, whoa, what do I, what, why are you doing this? I don't deserve that. And then I'm like, oh, he doesn't know. I'm going to have to tell him. And so I, I grabbed the, his shoulder, well, the shirt at his shoulder, and then like kind of around the back of his head, and I just keep kicking. And um, as I'm kicking, I'm like yelling, like, how dare you? Uh, and like, you'll never speak those words again. Like, push him away. And then... I said something not good, but I've had to ask for forgiveness for, just FYI, okay? I, I looked at him and I said, someone that speaks like that about another human shouldn't get to have kids. 
Apparently I knew how to make kids at fifth grade because I knew what to say that to him. And I, <laughs> guys, that's not a good story, okay? Did that solve any problems? No, it sure did not solve any problems. It felt good, but it didn't solve any problems, okay? All right, next year, I'm in sixth grade. Now we're going to talk about Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith thought that he could talk smack about my girl, Allison. Okay, Allison is a good kid. She shows up to school. She listens to her teacher. She's, like, kind to everyone, and he just starts, like, bashing her. So I walk up to Ryan, and I kick him in the shins. And he starts bleeding, and he has to go to the hospital. Or not the hospital. He has to go to the office, okay? So the authorities found out. And then later that day, you know, I see my parents and they're like, like, Sam, we got to talk to you about something. But I could tell they were like, almost like smiling and trying to giggle. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, so, um, principal came to us today and, uh, she wants to put you in anger management. (laughs) Which I think is just like, you know, that's great. They, They didn't. And looking back, they probably should have. Um, but, but they didn't. Now, beating the nuggets, right, out of these boys felt awesome. But like we said, it it didn't actually change anything, okay? The only thing that changed is that I walked away from that and they were like, that girl's crazy, okay? And and they they weren't far off. But luckily, like I, you know, serve a gracious God that gives me a sound mind. Hallelujah, okay? Um, So that's a beautiful thing. Physical fighting, it is only ever going to get us so far. It might feel good in the moment, let out some rage, let out some frustrations, but what is actually going to allow us to win, what's going to make the biggest difference is not winning an argument or a physical fight. It's going to be fighting in the spiritual. The spiritual battle is what should take up our energy. It's in the spiritual where we discover what really matters. It's in the spiritual where we can speak to hearts, see transformation, see freedom. But we will have to fight. We were all born into a battle, okay? Whether, whether you realize that or not, the second you came into this world, you were born into a battle. There is a spiritual battle for your soul every single day. In Ephesians 6.12, It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That may resonate with some of you right away. And for others, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay? And that's okay. All right. For some of you, this may show up in your life as like intense, crippling anxiety. Okay. Or, or maybe it shows up as depression or envy. And then for others, um, it can show up as, as doubt, as feeling stagnant, like nothing matters. You know, what, what is this all for? Why are we even doing this? There is a battle for your soul, a battle that we simply will never win without the proper weapons. Okay, there's that saying, don't bring a knife to a gunfight, right? Um, I think you could say that with spiritual battles, okay, don't bring stale religion to a fight for your soul, okay? Rules and regulations, like those, those are not going to allow you to win. Now, fortunately, God has given us some serious weaponry, okay, weapons to win, weapons to bring heaven to earth. Two of the greatest weapons in our arsenal are praise and worship. 
Okay, so I have a statement for you today, kind of like a statement of faith, but I'm gonna call it a statement of fight. Okay, so my statement of fight for you today is this. If we want God's best, our worship must be a daily practice of fighting in the spiritual for ourselves, for our family, and for God's church. Now, the very basic, okay, to praise and worship, In my mind, the very basic, what that means is that our words and our actions acknowledge God, okay? The most most basic definition of worship, like if you were just to like Wikipedia it, okay, it's going to tell you that worship means to express adoration towards a deity, okay? It's to express, meaning we have to use our words and actions, right? We have to do something, And this may seem super basic, okay, and I'm sorry if it does, but I I think that so often we forget the power behind our words and our actions. Because I have to think that if we knew the power that they hold, that our worship and our lives would look different. It would be constantly transforming, constantly growing. And, And I'm not saying that, you know, anyone does this perfectly or that if we do this, we're going to have this, you know, perfect, holy, pleasing, acceptable life of Christ because I know that's not what battle looks like. If you've ever been in a battle, if if you've seen footage or anything from a battle, like there's nothing holy, pleasing, acceptable, and loving about it, okay? But they're fighting nonetheless. We are all battling something, whether that be addiction for you, you know, self-worth, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. Well, what needs to happen in a battle? Action, right? Again, nobody ever battles anything by just sitting here, okay? Like if you've ever watched anyone fight for anything ever, like no one's just standing, <laughs> okay? Nothing, nothing happens. We have to do something. When we're feeling these huge emotions, when our circumstances around us are just way too big, when we're feeling empty and desolate, we have to do something. We need a change of environment, a shift in energy. We need movement. We need to speak out what is happening, right? Okay, let's talk about movement for a second. When we move our bodies, it produces oxygen and nutrients that are delivered to our body's tissue, okay? Movement also stimulates brain chemicals that make us happier, more relaxed, and less anxious. When we make a decision to do something, do we sit still? Usually no, not if we want it to happen. We gotta get up and do it. When we decide to read a book, we got to open it to read it. When we decide we're going to make new friends, we have to walk up to those new people and introduce ourselves, okay? There is action behind your decision, and the action is what produces the result. The same, it goes for our mouth, okay? When we decide we're going to speak something out loud, when we decide that we're going to parent a certain way, our words reflect that. When we decide that we want a more positive workplace environment, our words have to reflect that, The Bible says that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have to speak it out loud. Romans 10, 9 through 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. 
Our words and our actions hold power. And in our Christian walk, this looks like worship. Worship shifts the atmosphere. Worship moves our hearts. Worship does not solve our problems, but it does place God above our problems. God calls us to worship, to truly worship. If we wanna truly fight for God's best, for a life lived to the full, then we have to step out with our words and our actions. In Exodus, there's the story of Moses freeing um, God's people. Um, and if you're, if you're not familiar, evil Pharaoh dude takes all of Lord's people captive and doesn't let them worship the Lord anymore. And then God's like, yo, Moses, I know you have a stutter and you can't talk real good, but I'm going to actually use you to free all of my people. You got to send a message to the Pharaoh. So Moses goes to the evil Pharaoh, and he's like, hey, the Lord says you should let his people go. Okay, did anybody know the childhood classic? I hope you do. First hour knew it, and it was the best. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, anybody? Oh, baby, let my people go. Na, 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 come on. Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Oh, baby, let my people go. Yeah, you know it. You know it. It's a classic. Okay, six times the Lord sent Moses to the Pharaoh with the same message. Same message. Let my people go. He doesn't stop there. Comma. So they may worship me. Let my people go so they may worship me. Free my people. Not because they just need freedom, but so they can worship me. God wants our worship. He wants you free. Absolutely. He cares about your freedom, but he also cares so much about your heart. He wants our worship. You want to see change in your life? You want breakthrough, you want to feel something, you want to grow in your relationship with God? Do you want to be free from people-pleasing? Do you want to be free from suicidal thoughts? How do you worship? What do your words and actions say about your relationship with God? Okay, the intro's done, guys. Now we got to get into the actual message. Okay, so our, our worship reflects our relationship. Our worship reflects our relationship. What does this ring on my finger mean? Anybody? I'm married. Very good. Some of you need to know. Okay, if you don't know, a ring, someone has a ring on this finger here that means they're married for anyone that didn't answer. Okay, just so you know. Um, all right, so I, I am married, all right? And there's certain parts of my life that like you can tell, okay, yeah, she's married. Like she seems to be with this like Dexter fellow quite often. They own a house together. Like they got some kids. But just because I am married and my life may look a certain way, it doesn't mean necessarily that I'm in a loving relationship, right? So it comes down to my words and my actions. Am I honoring my husband? Am I encouraging him? Am I crying out to him when my life sucks? Or am I criticizing him? Am I discouraging him? Am I blaming him? when my life sucks. Our worship is a reflection of our relationship. How we speak to God, how we thank him, how we physically show him with our actions that we love him. Worship is communication. 
It's communicating with the creator of life. And I pray that I never once take it for granted. He offers us his presence, his holy, healing, loving presence. How do we respond? Are we honoring him? How do we show him that we love him? The Bible says that that God stands at our door and knocks. Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come inside and eat with him and he with me. God is a gentleman. (laughs) He doesn't force his way into our life. He waits to be invited. If you want to commune with God, you have to open the door. Okay? Your actions have to reflect that. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to acknowledge him, to invite him into your mess. Because he not only wants your worship, but it says here, I will come inside and eat with him and he with me. Like he wants to hang out. He wants to be your friend. The simple act of acknowledging him, acknowledging his presence, it's a weapon. It's a weapon that the enemy hates. Okay, Satan would love it if we just simply, you know, gave up. Oh, yeah, I'm not really feeling anything today. Oh, I don't know. I did, worship is just whatever. Like, it's fun music. Or, you know, he wants us to sit there. He wants us to think there's nothing we can do. Meanwhile, like, God's just over here like, you just say the word. I'm going to bop right in there. But, like, I'm waiting. I'm patient. Okay? <laughs> God knows that we're going to have moments like that. He's fully aware. He warns us of him. Just like Paul warns Timothy in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 6.12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. It doesn't say, hey, chill out and relax the good, relax, chill in life of faith. (laughs) It says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of external life to which you are called and about which you have made good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Paul says this to Timothy after warning him about false teaching and greed and just like worldly nonsense. Okay, Paul knew. He was like, hey, like this life that you're leaving, like living, like it can be a real crapshoot, okay? And you are going to have to fight for your soul. You will have to fight for your peace, fight for your freedom. You will have to continually lay down worldly expectations and idols, repent, and come back to a loving relationship with the Father. Come back. Our worship reveals religion. Our worship reveals religion. So religion is defined as a personal set or institutionalized system of religious attitudes, beliefs, and practices. So what I'm saying is that our worship reveals our religious attitude, beliefs, and practices. The way we worship is often directly connected to what we believe about God. If we have been told, you know, that you must look a certain way or check certain boxes in order to be loved or seen by God, then often we can come into this place of worship and and feel inadequate and feel, you know, not worthy to communicate with Jesus. But you have to remember the Pharisees, okay? Technically, they checked every single box, 
okay? They, they spoke the right words. They dressed the proper way in their proper religious garments. And they did not even recognize Jesus when he was standing right in front of them. Our worship reveals our religion. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We have so many ideas about worship, so many. And a lot of them, I think, come back to, you know, how worship sounds. And um, I, I get a lot of, like, feedback on how worship sounds because, I don't know, people like just don't think they can talk to Dexter about things. I'm not sure. He, my husband Dexter leads worship here on most Sundays. He didn't today, but he does um, on most Sundays. And um, so people are like, oh, hey, Sam, like maybe, you know, we should take it in this direction. Hey, have you ever thought about doing this hymn? Or, hey, you know what's really good is when you sing more Hillsong. Or, you know, electric guitar, that actually doesn't bring in the presence of God. Or acapella is where it's at. You don't need instruments and all this stuff. Um, and it's just like so silly to me. I, I know that it's people's personal preference. And that's totally fine. You're allowed to have preference on the worship that you listen to. Um, But I think if God required a specific sound for worship to be meaningful and usher in the presence of God, he, you know, we might as well just go back to having a tabernacle because that's really what it means, okay? If God wanted his worship to sound a certain way, like he would have preserved it for us. But he, he didn't. He gave us words, He gave us theology. This is what he preserved for us. So yes, the words of songs, they matter. The theology of songs, they matter. But whether we have a full band or we're singing a cappella, not so much. It's our job to be a living sacrifice, to present our bodies as holy and acceptable to God. That is our spiritual worship. Worship is all about sacrifice. Which when it comes down to it, it is simply giving God your first and your best. This means, yes, with praise and worship, but it also means with your time, your finances, and your gifts. Some of the greatest moments of worship in the Bible had nothing to do with songs of praise and worship. Okay, one is from Luke 7 where Jesus goes to a house of a Pharisee and they're having a big dinner. And this woman comes in who is like very clearly an outcast. She's been shamed by the whole community. She is broken. Um, She is dirty. And she comes straight to Jesus, tears flowing out of her face. She bends down and she starts washing Jesus' feet with her tears and her hair. And then she grabs an alabaster jar of perfume and pours it over Jesus' feet. Now, if that were to happen today, we would probably be like, hmm? But, you know, if, was, if that was happening like to Andy right now, we'd be like, Andy, are you okay? What do, you, do we need this to sure? Like, do we need it? Okay? And that's exactly what the Pharisee said. He was basically like, Jesus, are you going to allow this? Like, let's get this girl out of here. And Jesus responds. He says, your sins are forgiven. Now go in peace. Do you see how with both the woman that was an outcast and the Pharisee, their words and actions revealed their religion? She gave her best to Jesus. It was a huge sacrifice. But she was judged harshly while Jesus forgave her. 
In Mark 12, a poor widow comes to the temple and he gives her two coins to the temple. And Jesus is watching with the disciples. And they have watched rich person after rich person come in and give out of their surplus these like super large, awesome amounts. But it's the woman with the two coins that Jesus points out. In verse 44, he says, for all have given out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had all she had to live on. Man, God, give me that kind of faith. (laughs) That's true worship, to give your all. Because like I said, God's a gentleman and he's only gonna work with what you are willing to give. Whether that be with your time, with your gifts, or with your finances. So what will you trust God with in this season? I want to encourage you to do something, okay? I would love it if all of us, including me, if we could do more of what God asks and less of what this world pressures us to do. Okay, because I know there's people in here that are burnt out. I know there's people that walked in here that are tired, that are just done, that are on their wits end. And so I beg you, like, look, what are you giving your time, your gifts, and your finances to? Because I can almost certainly guarantee that if you're in a state of burnout, it is because your time, your gifts, and your finances are going to something that is never going to give back. We serve a God that replenishes. We get to drink from a well that never goes dry. We get to drink and never be thirsty again. We don't have to get our life straight before we come to the Father. That's what repentance is. It's turning toward God and looking away from whatever is pulling you from his perfect peace. Worship reveals religion. And our response needs to be repentance. All repentance means is turning towards your father. There is no shame. If anyone in here has somehow correlated in your mind that when I repent, that must be I'm like super shameful, that's a lie. It's a lie. We have to all repent every single day. And we are not called to live a life of shame. But guess what? We're also not going to get it right all the time either. And all that means is that we go, oh, whoops, messed that up. Turn, Lord, I am so sorry. I know that you are my provider, that you are my friend, that you are my true identity. I turn back to you. When God placed this thought on my mind, um, I feel like this old hymn jumped on my heart. And it just reminded me of the goodness of Jesus. And it caused me just to totally like stop in my tracks and pause from everything and just receive, receive as a daughter of the king. And so I thought, you know, this is a little different and I do have another point after this, but I would love to give you the same opportunity. There's an old hymn called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus and Kylie is gonna sing it for us. And I just pray that God speaks to you in this moment. And sometimes in order for us to receive something in communication, we have to shift our posture a little bit. We have to be ready for it. So right now, no matter how you're sitting in your seat, will you just shift a little bit? Will you adjust? 
Okay, will you, if you want, if you want to just like flip your hands towards heaven and as a posture to receive, do it. If you're sitting here with your arms crossed, like will you release them for a second? Will you take a big breath in and a breath out and remember that the Lord is the one that put breath in your lungs? Let's just take a moment and receive. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Sing it with me. light is so much brighter. (laughs) It's so much brighter than whatever circumstance that we are in. His goodness is so much greater than the badness of what we see. (laughs) What an awesome reminder just to turn our eyes towards a heavenly father that loves you, to shed these garments of religion that are too heavy. They're too heavy for any of us to carry. Our worship restores rhythm. Okay, I like to think of my time spent with God as a kind of like a heart caliber. It calibrates where my heart is and it pulls me back into rhythm with the Almighty. I need it every day. Okay, all day, every day, basically. Uh, Because this world, it is always going to pull at us. It's always going to try to get us out of sync. It's always going to try to get us out of step with Jesus. But worship, worship will always bring us back. It's a weapon to defend my heart against the lies of the enemy, the distractions. It defends my heart against bitterness. Anyone in here struggle with bitterness (laughs) or unforgiveness? Man, that one tries to pop up in me all the time. Worship is my defense. Music has always spoken to me deeply. I've been dancing since I was a kid, and I would dance all around my house, you know, since I could walk. Um, I remember moments when, like, my dad would be in his, like, dad recliner with his cup of coffee, and um, he would need it warmed up. He'd be like, hey, hon, like, will you warm up my coffee? And I'd be like, you bet, sir. And I would be, like, pot of and, like, pirouetting my way into the kitchen. You know what I mean? And, like, like, bring it back over. I mean, everything. Like, I danced everywhere, okay? It's always, it's always been natural to me. So, so movement okay, is natural to me. If you've ever seen me worship, you know, like, I basically move the whole time. There's not a whole lot of stillness. Um, And I want you to know that, like, that's not a show. Like, I'm not doing that to prove anything. I'm also not doing that to say, like, everyone should worship like this. Like, this is how you truly worship. Like, no, God made us all uniquely and beautifully, and we're all going to worship in our own way. But 
the point is, is that I, I give it my all. Okay, well, like what you see here on Sunday is actually quite subtle to how I worship at home. Because a lot of times when I worship at home, I am just gallivanting around the entire house, like gasping for breath. And then sometimes the Lord is like, okay, you need to chill. And I just sit on my knees and I receive. Um, but it's, it's, it's giving it, you, you know, your all for the king. Because I know how, how desperately I need him. I know that I'm going to get off rhythm. That I'm going to stray from the heart of Jesus. And worship brings me back. It softens my heart. It thickens my skin. It helps me to be a light in a world that will always want to harden our hearts and keep our skin soft. The world wants us to be offended at everything. Okay? The world wants us to be crippled by a comment on our Facebook. And it wants our heart to hold bitterness and anger and resentment. That's not what God has for you. <laughs> he has a soft heart for you. Thick skin that can handle those kind of attacks. Our worship team, they can only ever do so much. Okay, but it is, it is up to you to worship the Lord. Because they can lead you in power. Okay, they can lead you in excellence. They can really take a song somewhere. But it is up to us as a church to follow, to join in with the rhythm, with our actions and our words. And if we don't, we're always going to be out of sync with Jesus. The majority of us have probably attended a school with a fight song, right? Anybody? Fight song? Yeah, 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 a few of you. Okay, well, for those that don't know, um, a fight song, um, most schools have them, and they play them right like at pep rallies or at a football game or, you know, whatever kind of activity you're attending. And when the song comes on, if you, you know, attend the school and you're, like, passionate about what's happening in front of you, you typically don't see them just, like, sitting there with their legs crossed, like, do be don't yeah, go fight when we near, right? When a fight song comes on, you see everyone stand to their feet. You see everyone like shouting and proclaiming their victory. You see like hands pounding. You see jumping up and down. Why? Because it unifies. It takes the alumni and the freshman and the cool kid and the outcast. It puts them all in the same boat, all running towards the same thing, with the same goal, with the same energy. Like, that's powerful. Corporate worship is important. We need it. Our worship team is incredible, but what actually moves and transforms hearts is when the man in the back with his arms crossed can release, flip his palms towards heaven and say, God, I'm sorry, like you, you are greater. You are greater than my pride. There's power behind that. 
And the enemy wants you to think that there's not. The enemy wants to tell you that you can just sneak in and out, sit in the back, don't talk to anybody, and you're fine. Your life will totally be, you're, you're, you're totally fine. You're just going to glide through life. That's what he wants you to think. It makes a difference. He would love it if we stayed stagnant. He would love it if all we did was like whisper worship songs. I don't want him to win, guys. <laughs> I choose fight. If we want God's best, our worship must be a daily practice of fighting in the spiritual for ourselves, for our family, and for God's church. So I'm going to invite us to worship all together. I, I'm going to invite everyone to stand to your feet. I want to invite everyone to get ready to maybe do something that you're not used to doing. I want everyone to just be ready to usher in the presence of God. Because what we do right here, this is a battle. And man, I don't want to go into battle alone. I want to be unified under God's canopy of mercy and grace and forgiveness. Like I want us all to declare how great our God is. Will you join me? <laughs> Will you join this team? Let's tell our God how awesome he is. God, thank you so much for this place. Thank you for these people on their feet. Thank you for this team. Lord, I pray that your presence is felt. I pray that your power fills this space. God, I pray for you to be known in a new way to every single person in this room, for it to be undeniable how real you are and how much you love them. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Amen.
down your praise Our hearts will cry These bones will sing Jesus, can we just lift his name up today? Jesus, you are good. Jesus, you are great. You are the name that is above all other names. And we submit to that today. We surrender. You bring freedom. And we live in to the calling of worship. Here we are, Lord. hear that prayer today would you shout amen hey how about sam didn't she just kill it we honor her sam got me thinking about what god desires from me as an individual when it comes to worship and and this is what came to mind and just hear me out correctly. God is not desiring for all of us to worship like Sam. <laughs> I know some of you are jealous about our dance moves, but uh, and God's not desiring for you to worship God like I worship God. God has, and she said it, uniquely designed you to bring your worship to him. No, no matter how much you have to give or how less you have to give. Uh, so I would just tell you this, some of you, you can't you couldn't save your life by singing. You all know what I'm saying? You know someone like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, like God does not, he's not sitting in heaven thinking like, oh man, everybody's got to be this beautiful singer to be, be able to worship me. No, God has given you something and he's just asking for it back. Would you use it? Some of you came into this space and honestly, like, like you need to utilize your grief at this very moment to bring God praise and to bring him worship. It's as simple as some of you have this hot, this gift of hospitality. What if you would use that gift to honor God, to bring him praise, to bring him worship? And obviously the list goes on and on. And you know, 
potentially maybe you're in pursuit of knowing what God wants to uh, to use in your life to bring worship. And, and you know, we'll allow God to speak to you in that. But I do believe this is worship starts with surrender. And that's what we're all about here. And we're always about taking a step towards God, understanding that when we take a step towards God, God takes a step towards us. And so every week we pray this prayer on screen, just a reminder that, that we're called to worship and we're going to do that by a simple surrender. So let us pray that today. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived and you died and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name, in his authority. Amen. Can we celebrate with what God is doing in your life today? Can we celebrate for those that might have prayed that for the very first time? You've made a wise decision. I want to celebrate those who are here for the very first time. We love you. We're glad that you're here.